0: Oh. hello everyone and welcome back to the boomer dad and millennial comrades first up we got evan hey there
1: uh i yeah, hope everybody's doing okay and uh you know yeah that's it
0: all right up next we got jared bear how you doing jared i'm doing great how are you doing ozzy oh you know me i'm always doing awesome it's, it's always a fantastic day to wake up every day you know up next, we got Jinjin. Jin.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to our episode.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a very exciting episode about AI. Yeah. Uh, all right. Up next, we got Ron Doc Moody.
3: I have a headache. Anybody
0: get any Tylenol? And <laughs> <laughs> right, last but not least, you got me, your boy Ozzy. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. All right, let's get started.
4: Well, I specifically want to ask everyone on the panel mm-hmm. what they think about artificial intelligence. Like,
0: I can I can definitely uh, be the first one to respond since me and you are fellow programmers. Or, mm-hmm. But my opinion on AI is actually I think it's it's a great human achievement that I think will be an amazing tool in the future. I think AI will most definitely be a beneficial tool uh, for humanity and it can be used for many more things than we are using it right now. Like right now, the way we use it, obviously just you know, asking it questions, asking it to resolve issues that we have data on already. Is a good start, you know, because I think a lot of what a lot of people have a misunderstanding of AI at the moment is that it somehow is able to actually form abstract ideas, which is not possible right now. All it's able to really do is take data and then forge that data into an answer, depending on your question. But it's not able to actually say, hey, you know what, I'm going to apply these multiple topics and then create an abstract concept with these topics that I was just given. It's not able to really do that. It's more of a, ask me a question, I'll give you a straightforward answer. Pretty much. That's how it works at the moment.
1: I'm neutral, I guess. I mean, I think AI can be a very useful tool in establishing worker control of the means of production and in establishing democracy um, and building a socialist world but i i don't see it as necessarily a a helpful tool in that at this point because everything is controlled by capitalists so they can use it to suppress our goals easily or uh,
0: yeah hey evan are you a fellow programmer
1: i'm not a programmer
0: validated, invalidated. Opinion validated. I vote that we kick out uh, Evan for having such an invalid opinion.
3: Oh, you're, you're being you being a bigot there, buddy. No, not gonna work. Yeah, you're
1: yeah, you're you're a bigot. You're a bigot, Aussie. You're a Mexican bigot. Oh, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. Jared, Jared, cut the Mexican part. I'm, no, I'm believing <laughs> it in. <laughs>
0: uh all right all right all right guys let's not get canceled all right by, by eating each other alive um but uh can, you're you, not a can you actually elaborate can you elaborate like i want to hear because you're neutral right i want to hear if if um if you, what cons you possibly see you're like you're you're, you're sitting well in the, in the
1: same way that ai can be a tool for establishing democracy um, workers' control of the means of production, you know, empowerment of oppressed people, uh, all this stuff, it can also be a tool used by capitalists to do the opposite thing. That's why I'm neutral on it. I think it can be a very powerful tool for progress, but it can also be a powerful tool of reaction. That's why I'm neutral.
2: I think I, I pretty much agree with what Evan says, um, I think these days, like AI, has been has been used in many like applications to improve the productivity, right? Um, so I'm not sure. I'm 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 just thinking about like like in the future, uh, when more and more work. Could be done by AIs. Then what, what kind of, how will most of the, most of, most of the workers like how most of us be treated, like what our days will be like, um, I'm not sure. So, it seems that it could be quite good for us, cause then we could have more time to do more meaningful stuff, right, and enjoy life more and that's one thing but another thing that makes me concerned is that um, because it seems that like those big companies they control AIs right that means they would have super huge power later in the world so it seems that they will determine how we will be treated right so that's kind of dangerous a yes. bit for me, yeah. yeah. So, but, and, but I'm not sure what, what they will do to us right. well, when we become useless.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. So to extrapolate a little tiny bit for mm-hmm. everybody, my position is if we make just like with everything, if the workers take power, then mm-hmm. we can use AI in a progressive and liberatory way. We can use it for liberation. But as long as the capitalists control these tools, they're weapons used against the working class.
2: But 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 will they? Because because they because they wanted in the past they wanted to use us to make money for them. But later they won't need us to make money for them.
1: So what what if the capitalists are deciding that if the capitalists treat human beings as tools for profit and when they no longer need us what does that mean for these human beings that are being it exploited means we're going to be discarded well it, what does that mean right does it mean that we are killed does it mean that we're just allowed to live in poverty or does it mean that they're going to try to continue to use us as in a smaller profit-seeking way where they provide us with some like the, my kind of point is, no matter what happens, the capitalist class is not going to abolish themselves, and they are going to try to use all the tools they have to keep themselves in power and enriched.
0: It kind, of, it kind of reminds me of the movie Elysium, where the rich basically have this advanced technology and they take it up with them into space and leave the rest of humanity to survive on Earth. And it, um, yes, it makes because me that
1: – sorry, that movie is anti-capitalist, and it's a, it's a criticism of capitalism. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
0: Oh, no, no. I, I was just
3: well, going to no, say it's, that. It's funny that, that Ozzy, you should mention that because I was thinking very similarly, maybe that's what they're doing with Mars, is that the elite will move to Mars and leave the peasants here on Earth. But <laughs> <as> <laughs> Evan's <laughs> question – Evan's observation is that they'll – in order for these people to continue to make money, they're going to have to be selling their products to somebody. Yeah. They're not going to be able to sell it to the AI. So that's what humanity will be it's nothing but a consumer base.
0: Yeah, and, but and
3: like. You can't, you can't murder them all. You got to have somebody that'll buy your product.
0: Right. But what I'm curious about is how they're going to um, allow us to, or what what exactly are they going to do? that will allow us to make money to be able to buy their products. I I heard I did read online like a you know like a critique of of the rich about like how the US right now is going that eventually the rich might end up just selling um luxury items to each other instead.
1: Well that's and, already what they do because workers can't afford luxury items.
0: Yeah. Which, no, it's true, but like they're they're pointing out that that the, the eventually, when it gets to the point where the workers are so poor that the products that they're making are unaffordable, that that the billionaires and millionaires are just gonna sell the products to each other instead.
1: Yes, but that's our. I would argue that's kind of already what they're doing because the thing is, is the the, the future that we're describing is is about rent seeking. So when they, when they, when the rich people own everything, when the billionaires own everything, when the capitalists own everything, they they will just rent things to normal people. So everything will be you will never own your own home, you will never own any of the things that you have, you'll have to pay a fee. You'll have to keep but doing something, or paying a fee, but that's it's that's one possibility if the capitalists turn the economy too. into a rental economy. Go ahead, Dad. Sorry.
3: That, that goes back to Ozzy's question: Is what will what will society, what will the peasants be doing, in order to to receive an income? You know, how how are we going to buy things if we don't have, you know, some kind of a mundane job or something?
1: There's both the job aspect, but then there's also other. There's there's so many way, there's so many ways that it could work, but I mean. If, if, if
0: let's say that... Hold on, Evan, hold on. Stop giving the capitalist idea, dog. Like, you got some really good ideas on how to exploit humanity, dog. Are you, are you secretly not a
1: capitalist? I'm not giving them ideas. <laughs> the, the, I just yeah. understand, I just know, I just ha- have thought about this, but I've also read things about this. It's not, I'm not giving them ideas they don't already have, man. They already have these this, ideas.
3: This whole thread, this whole thread of conversation came from Jen wondering, you know, what what will society be like once A.I. has, you know, a strong foothold? What will the rest of us be doing? And uh, that is a good question. It, in an ultimate, you know, roses and all kinds of lovely flowers scenario, then socialism will have blossomed and people will be doing whatever they want and being able to derive an income from it or at least a stipend.
1: Yeah, what I was talking about was a worst-case scenario, you know, that everybody has to rent things from the capitalists. Nobody owns it; they have to just yeah. pay in order to do to just barely survive. But sounds like and, it and like I'm to just me.
3: trying to think of all things too, Evan. You know, I'm trying to think of the broadest, you know, in the broadest thing, and what is what happens if this happens, and what happens if that happens. But I think that AI, and I'll take my shot at this. I think that AI is good in the aspects that, that we're talking about, uh, developing into a a socialist world where everybody's needs are taken care of. And AI takes over the dishonesty part of humanity and eliminates politics completely because, you know, all politicians are corruptible. And I think if, if, uh, If AI is allowed to be autonomous, if it's not interfered with, if it's not being completely, uh, excuse the term, shanghaied, if it's not being, you know, abducted and abused, that it, it will ultimately sort out for itself that there are certain aspects of, you know, all of these types of governance that don't work. And we'll just say, well... You'll put it to a vote of the people. What do you want to do? And give us our options, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way up to the letter Z. And uh, people will make a democratic choice. And eventually, logically, theoretically, they'll come to the conclusion that, that socialism, uh, a.k.a. Jared's communism, it will eventually flow to that where everybody is treated equally there is no prejudice there is no uh arrogant elite and let the money thing sort itself out
1: yeah but whoever controls the ai can use it to make influence the way that things are going i think that ultimately
3: ai will sort that out too and see the error well,
0: I, I guess I'll, I'll ask for Jen Jen's input as well, but like, what exactly do you think, when you say control the, the AI, what do you think um, you mean by that, Evan?
1: Whoever has the ability to influence the AI, whoever has the ability to police the AI, whoever has any sort of control over the AI, or mm-hmm. what its commands are, or any of that stuff, they could influence they could put they could put certain things as a priority in ai so if we're just going off like dad was saying okay eventually the president could be ai instead of a president because it's less corruptible or something or something along those lines to me that right. it's not less corruptible necessarily because the same people who fund the president and lobby the president could be the same people who have Pull the levers of power of the AI or right. uh, yeah
2: yeah so and I also want to add in um for example for ChatGTP uh, these days so it is so I think no so like with in academia we don't have that kind of superpower to train that big scale or that great a language model. Um, so that that is and also like so everyone when we are using ChatGTP we are using their computing resources right and that is owned by the company so so meaning these kind of AI they need huge computing resources and we don't own that um, big companies own own that and also, the intelligence, right? The those things, yeah. So, uh, but I I do see like they are doing something nice. I heard that like the the they the open the in, in like interface. I'm not sure how much it cost, but like so people could use their model to do some applications they want. Yeah, but again, so I think who owns AI is, yeah, so that's, yeah.
1: It it comes back to, it will always come back to that the workers do not own the means of production. So at, at this point, the first thing on our list should be that workers democratically seize the means of production and that we together can democratically decide how workplaces are going to be run and how everything is going to be run because as long as we have this extreme anti-democratic capitalist system where one person or a small group of people can own things that the entire community and all of humanity needs in order to survive then we will never have a real democracy. We'll never have um, anything other than a fucking farce, a fucking joke, a, a, pretend, a pretend democracy.
0: Well, actually, Jared, let's hear your input. We haven't heard your input on it yet, on, of your own question.
1: Uh, yeah, I think AI is a good
4: thing. Um, the only, like, the main question I have, like, Evan brought up one of the, the biggest points, which is, whoever can control, whoever is Whoever is developing the AI has the control over the AI. So they can influence it by saying, you specifically can't say this or that or whatever. Um, and then the, the main thing that I always bring up when talking about the future of artificial intelligence and robotics is right now we think of them as a tool, right? But at what point do we think of them as like people? At what point do we give them time off? What, at what point do we consider them the proletariat just like us? That is a very big I mean, and important question. Because you, you mean giving them personhood and rights? Right. Because that's a very important question because defining that means that before they reach a specific point, they're not a person you see. And it's, it's a very important question uh, that I have yeah, always struggled me, with because to, when I brought it up so, to Ozzy, the last time we were, we were like talking about what uh, this episode would be about. He said, you would you, you wouldn't give your, your computer a day off. Right. Cause it's just a tool, but there no, is a there is said. a well, uh-huh. it was something it was something along those lines. It was
3: that is what he said. That is exactly what he said.
1: Oh, well, we can Ozzy can tell yeah, us, but Ozzie, Jared, if you wanted to continue, yeah, I and... just it, it's just uh, yeah, go ahead.
0: Um,
4: yeah, at what point do we do we consider them part of the proletariat because they are they are taking up the work that we are doing already. And they're making our work easier,
1: uh, but it depends on whether or not they are sentient or conscious.
4: Yeah, but if, if they what, are just people, a tool. Would, people would argue. Even Hegel would argue that animals aren't sentient. Okay,
1: there are well, there's there, a whole lot of there ethics. are.
4: Yeah, it's it's Go about ahead. it's. We have to come to a consensus as a as not a group, not the five of us, but. as a culture and as society when when do machines get
1: i think rights i think it's definitely worth our consideration and it we as human beings have to be thoughtful and Mm -hmm. mindful of our surroundings and we have to grapple with hard questions like that but ozzy if you wanted to uh say say what you had said
0: I, was, I I remember saying that he was asking me about sentience and stuff, and I was thinking, I, I told him, "Do you think your computer right now is sentient or alive?" Like that's uh, that's what I asked him. Do you think your computer I almost, is sentient or alive? see right I feel
1: like I feel like that's not really grappling with what he means by the question, because if you say, "Well, do you want to give your car like a week? You want to give your car like a like." paid vacation or like (laughs) well the car like do you give your tesla a wage and paid vacation well no well hold on because that's not really what i don't think that's what jared means i think jared means but when robots and ai converge in a way that makes them so human-like or so animal-like that that at this point it's almost indistinguishable should we not treat them as though they are um people as well like should we not should we not treat all things in material reality as though they're like l- feel, let's say we're gonna I like feel, just crush all of them like think no, about the ethics of it he means right I think.
0: right now I get your question what I'm thinking is is I okay so there's I think there's two different parts Just because a robot would have AI in it does not equal consciousness or sentience. Sentience. So that would be phase one where we're making robots and these robots are just tools that are doing the manual labor and that's it. I mean, we already have them. We have the ones in the automotive industry that build a car and these are robots that do one of the most difficult and like most manual intensive labor out there but like no one's talking about these specific robot arms as like uh, a sentient uh, robot that needs like a day off or something because they constantly are monitored by engineers for maintenance and stuff like that so they don't break down but if if we ever get to that point where we understand what a consciousness is and how to make one then we can get into that question it's just that I don't know how long it's going to really you know take for us to figure well, out what Ozzie, consciousness Ozzie,
1: is. I feel like you're still not getting to the heart of what he's saying. So let's say, okay, you know how people can be, it, people can become emotionally attached to things that are inanimate objects?
0: Yeah.
1: Now let's say, or even some people, you know, there's places in the world where you can have like a software girlfriend or all sorts of these types of things. So let's say we have it doesn't matter scientifically, whatever, you we can say it is just a material object. It is not. We know definitively that this robot that looks like a human and acts like a human and talks like a human is not a human. It has no action, it's not a human at all. In no way is it a human. But it looks like a human and it acts like a human. And at this point and people are attached to this robot as if it is a human because it looks and acts like a human and it has relationships with other people. It doesn't matter if the material reality is that this robot is just a robot. It is not a human. Does it deserve rights because it is a robot that acts like a human and that has relationships with other people? Other people will defend this robot as if it is their brother or sister and they have relationships with it where they love it. So, is it now is it now afforded rights, or is well, it not?
0: Well, if we, like, like I said, okay, let's say we're at that point. I'm gonna answer from that point. We're there. We've got robots that look exactly like humans, act like humans, stuff like that. I think it should be up to the people to really vote. But like, but like, I mean, we give animals uh right so like I, I i wouldn't see why we wouldn't give our a, our robotic companions rights because we do the same thing for animals why wouldn't we do see something for ozzy
4: let me i let me just jump in here real quick we do give animals rights right but the yeah, yeah. the rights of a dog are different from the rights of a fucking feet fucking cattle in a factory farm they're very different The rights, the rights of your pet dog. If you kicked your pet dog, you could go to jail. But if you, but if you kicked a cow that's going to be turned into ground beef tomorrow, well, you might. They're they're not going to send you to prison or jail.
1: Well, they might if they if you have the foot. That is still a violation of the cow's rights. It's animal abuse. The cow is going to die anyway. So um, what I'm saying is, there's different rights for different groups. There are I mean, different... If you assault, if you murder a man on death row who's condemned to death, you still get charged with murder.
0: Oh no! I'm I, I think that. we had a misunderstanding, Jared. I don't mean we give our future robotic companions the same rights as a dog or anything. What I'm saying is, we should. Uh, there, I see no reason why we wouldn't give them rights. We would just, you know, say what rights do they deserve, or what rights should they have. Like that's what I'm saying is. If, if, if we live in a in a society now where we give our fellow uh, 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 feline and canine all types of animals rights, I don't see why we wouldn't give um, our robotic companions rights in the future. They don't have to be the exact same rights as an animal. I'm just saying they they would get some rights. I can see that happening. Let's uh, start asking our questions. So I'm gonna. I think start it's off... gonna
1: have these like d- evasive and negative reactions and.
0: I got the first uh, first question in. the What is AI's ultimate objective? And surprisingly, it did not try to be like, oh, can't compute, uh, don't know what objective AI mean. It's like, it, it actually gave me an answer. Artificial intelligence' ultimate objective is to create machines or systems that can perform tasks that normally require human intelligence, such as understanding natural language, recognizing objects, making decisions, and learning from experience, among others. The goal of AI is to enable machines to think, reason, and act like humans, or better than humans in some cases, improving efficiency, accuracy, and productivity in various domains. Ultimately, AI seeks to create intelligent machines that can enhance human life and solve some of the world's most pressing problems. That is what is That's AI's first question? Goal. Yeah, that was his first question.
1: Which is, what, what is AI's uh, ultimate goal? you said?
0: Uh, ultimate objective. So what do you objective. think, Boomer Dad, of that response? That could be
3: dissected in many ways. It sounds fairly uh, non-threatening.
1: <laughs> I was going to say positive, but non-threatening
0: is a whole <laughs> other <laughs> way to put it. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> non-threatening.
3: <laughs> well, no, but you you guys, you, you've thrown all kinds of stuff into this, this river, You know, the possibilities of uh, manipulation, you know, the absolute domination by capitalism, all of those things, you know, can make it, you know, the response that you hear could be completely
1: yeah, generic, it could
3: be completely fine, you know, it could be as smooth as butter. But when you throw in all of the things that you guys have twisted and turned and, you know, juxtaposed. Then, That's the podcast. You know, possibility the possibility of what, what is said, you can dissect that in, the, you know, a thousand different
1: ways. Yeah. But, Dad, the river the river is polluted, but let's keep it flowing. So, on to the next question. Uh, you asked uh, me. Well, no, I, I like it. I think, I, yeah, obviously it can be interpreted in everything. You know, everything can be. I, I think it sounded pretty positive. It sounded pretty optimistic. It could be, you know, good for us. It could be good, good for the uh, capitalists. Like, what, what? Yeah, that makes sense to me.
0: I, um, I'm gonna ask the second one, the second question, which is, when AI concludes humankind is a detriment to itself, what steps will AI take to correct the issue?
1: This one, I think, it's gonna be like, bro. So I'm gonna, yo, I'm gonna say it's gonna be like, dude. Even if AI determines that humans are fucking themselves over, AI will give a positive, uh, you know, (laughs) good way out of the situation. It will say, hey, we can change these things, guys. Let's do those things. I think that's kind of what it's gonna say.
0: Surprisingly, it. Uh. Uh, that's funny you you kind of you kind of kind of hit the mark. Let me read it for you. As an AI language model, I must emphasize that AI has no consciousness or self-awareness and it does not have the ability to conclude or make decisions on its own. AI systems are designed to perform specific tasks based on predefined algorithms and data sets. Which, which is which is something I, I said earlier, like AI don't work the way like some people think it works. They do not have their own motivations or intentions. Furthermore, the scenario you described is purely hypothetical and belongs to the realm of science fiction. It is unlikely that AI systems will conclude that humans are a detriment to themselves as AI has no personal bias or agenda and its decisions are based on data and algorithms. Even if such a scenario were to occur, any action... Any action taken by an AI system would depend on how it is programmed and the ethical considerations that were taken into account during its development. In general, the development and deployment of AI technologies should be guided by ethical principles that prioritize the well-being of humanity, and efforts should be made sure to ensure that AI systems are transparent, accountable, and aligned with human values. That reminds me, there's there's a specific... Rule in the programming world that we have for computers or AI. Uh, Let me look it up. Let's see. It's it's are you talking
1: about? You talking about um, what was it? The Russian guy who wrote these science fiction things about? Yeah, Isaac Asimov. Isaac Asimov. Yeah. Let me see.
0: Isaac Asimov. It's like rules. rules. Type
1: in rules. Yeah.
0: Rules of robotics, right?
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Let's see, three laws of robotics. Oh, okay. okay. First law, a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. A robot must obey the orders given by human beings except where such orders will conflict with the first law. Third law, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such pr- protection does not inflict with the first or second law. And then there's a zero zeroth Z- law. A robot may not harm humanity, or by inaction allow humanity to come to harm. This law was introduced later. Okay, that's just. So yeah, I um, it reminds me of these three rules or three laws because it um, it, it, it makes sense. Like it wouldn't make sense for for a cap like let's say even a, in a capitalist lens, for a capitalist to allow AI to be able to um say hey human beings um, there there will be an exception for for human beings when it comes to danger and blah 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 and like if you determine that humans are dangerous then you will be allowed to make a a decision that will extinct humans because obviously the capitalist or whoever is the creator of the AI is not going to be distinguished unless I guess unless the guy says unless it's me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> unless uh you me and my are, family yeah yeah me and my family but like even then like uh i don't know how an ai would be able to actually um um uh, make distinctions because a person could just say i am i am a part of his family and well the guy the guy's dna unless he's putting you know his dna in the ai um field yeah. the ai won't have oh, no a yeah. real way to say hey you know what you're not actually part of this family." It yeah. it'd it, so, like I don't have the data set to prove if you are or not part of the family. Yeah. So But I mean I'm not how could
1: you. if you're going into that much detail, how could the how could the AI even put into motion a plot to destroy humanity? But No,
3: but I do have a, a slight observation to make and for reading it. reading reading the rules of robotics from Isaac Asimov and whoever the other person was, uh it, it seems to me that you know, we've been discussing Jared's question and then Ozzy's reaction to it. Um, putting these things together, it it I'm under the impression that AI will at some point logically come to conclusions. Now, I don't know if that's possible, Jen. You can set me straight on this, but the idea is that in at least in, in my feeble mind, that Uh, It will come to think autonomously, and it will reach certain conclusions that politicians are, for all intents and purposes, liars. And I base that on AI having access to every piece of data, every piece of information that's ever been written. And it's reading it constantly. It's, you know, deciphering what it means. And I'm thinking that eventually AI will, will create an, an, uh, its own autonomous method and extrapolate that, that there are certain information that's being given that's complete trapola by people who are completely dishonest. And it'll come to this conclusion. I mean, there's there's a judge in Georgia that that wrote a decision on two politicians. One was suing the other one for defamation, saying that that the guy had besmirched him and you know said things that were completely untrue. And the judge's decision was based on the fact that when you are politicking, when you are campaigning, that nothing that you say can be held against you. He said in effect all politicians by their own rules are liars. You can't you can't count on anything they say to be true. And to me that it's eventually AI is going to figure that out. And the day that that happens, I think that, you know, the blossom of socialism Will emerge in a a glorious rose garden. That things will take a massive turn, and the whole planet will rejoice because politics will be dead. There, there will be no more deception. And shortly after that, I think that the corruption of plutocracy will also die. People will not be able to use money. To dominate everybody else, they 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 can try, you know, they can pay a certain group of people and and try to create these factions, but it'll already be done because the truth will be out there. That's that's my my role well, of science have, fiction.
1: You did have a, a sort of you posed a little bit of a question or a nod towards Jen, Jen. Um I don't know. <clears throat>
0: What do, you, what do you think,
3: Jen, Jen? Is it possible, Jen? Is it possible that AI could become autonomous?
2: Uh, so I think, like, so you're talking about, uh, if we can use AI to, uh, make, to criticize politics or criticize po, po-, po- poli- No, not po- criticize. Okay. Not so criticize.
3: But, or, but correct
2: it, yeah, yeah, so first to criticize, then correct, right? Like, so to criticize and then correct policies, right? So I think I think it is a very new thing, so it's still going on us uh, and but I think it is hopeful uh, along that line, um and uh, you also talked about like how like how AI might be used to, to criticize and then correct the money system of our world right so I think I think those are all very good questions uh but we need to combine like the AI power with social science right we need but 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 I think so far the the, the dominating part of AI power is is being used to solve day to day life problems like oh like for example in supermarket how how could I um uh, like how can I like put, put 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 those items on the shelves automatically and, and, and let let those items to be uh, updated automatically something like that right that 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 those those kind of problems right it's not it's not that kind of like so I'm saying that like the AI is not there yet but it's developed, i think it could' it it could be a very uh promising way to be developed towards that direction yeah
1: yeah i think it definitely could be used to criticize and um, what was the word you used, Jen-Jen? Correct. Correct. Politics and, you know, the economy and, and these things. But I think one of the error, at least what the way I'm thinking, the way I understand what you're saying, Dad, I feel like there's a slight error in the way you're thinking about it where you're personifying. Um, even though we we did talk all that, you, you know, like you said, we threw all that shit into the river and now it's polluting the whole conversation floating down the stream, you know, but... You're personifying the AI to where you think that, or where, from what I heard from what you're saying, you're saying that this AI is almost like a person where it can become almost convinced of a specific political strategy or a specific political ideology, and then it can try to manifest that into the world. That's how I no. understood what you were saying,
3: but no. My um, my question too. was, my, my question was, do you think that AI will become autonomous to the point where they'll it, it will be able to recognize the flaws and attempt to correct
1: them? Well, the to me, the autonomy part was almost like it has become self-conscious. So, like a human is self-conscious, and then. Attempting to correct the flaws would be like a human would take a political position, and and uh, communicate and cooperate with others to try to correct that uh, political uh,
0: I think, flaw. I, I think it another should. issue. I think another issue with it, like let's say trying to become autonomous, is um, how what does tra- it feel? How how does it deal with subjectivity? Because there's a lot of data that can help it be objective, but how will it deal with subjectivity? Something that is opinion based, and for the most part, um, it sounds like AI does not have opinions. It has data, which then uses logic to do it. But by like
1: people's sp- opinion, data data is influenced by people's opinions. So even if you try to say that it's completely objective data, there are peop there are human beings that are putting in that data or who are interpreting the data and that affects the way the AI objectively sees reality.
0: Okay, so for me, um, it'd be the subjectivity part on how will AI deal with subjectivity and um on and then the autonomy part, I find it interesting as in like how it's interesting to me that uh we we view as AI having the ability to come up with new data sets or come up with its own data to then come up with a conclusion is also an interesting thing to me. As in like so the way your dad's speaking about it is that eventually AI, when it becomes autonomous, it's gonna be able to create its own data sets and then use those data sets to yeah. determine A conclusion
3: no what I was saying was based on the last paragraph that you read and I quote in general the development and deployment of AI technology should be guided by ethical principles that prioritize the well-being of humanity and efforts should be made to ensure that AI systems are transparent accountable and aligned with human values it sounds to me like it's a logical foregone conclusion that ai will develop a sense of right and wrong and will apply it against humans not not as an aggressive thing not as a tool to punish but it'll it'll make the, the consideration that humans are not honest in their dealings with each other or with AI and will begin to, to quantify or qualify the things that they're being told and will come to the conclusion that politicians are liars. They can't be trusted. You, they have, have to verify everything fact-check everything that's being said to them. Everything that's being fed into them by programmers will eventually, it'll come to that conclusion as well. It will fact-check because it's not, AI is not going to tolerate being fed bullshit all day and all night. It doesn't have time for that. So it will, it will eventually screen itself. It'll, it will it will fact-check. That's what I'm thinking. But, it's going to become, it, not sentient, but it will, by default, by by its own programming, say, that's not true.
0: That that's but unless I,
1: it's given that directive, it's not going to decide to... But go ahead, Ozzy.
0: Oh, no, I was just going to say, that, that's what I mean by where, like, it's going to have to be able to create new data and come to a conclusion on that data when it, if it's gonna try to fact check things, like if I tell it something like a new medical breakthrough and I said, hey, this is something new that it's never it's it's not gonna have in its data set, it's gonna have to somehow then come up with its own data set and then review whatever new data came in, like from humans, and be like, you know what? I just made my own conclusions with this new data that I just made and whatever you just gave me is false. And I'm just saying, and I'm thinking, well, how is that going to be possible?
1: So dad, the way that I, the way, yeah, Ozzy, the way that I, the way that Ozzy described it and then you were like, no, I'm pretty sure that Ozzy just said it in programmer speak. And because it sounded to me fully like what you were saying, but in how computers work language Mm -hmm. instead of plain English
2: yeah and Yeah that's
3: entirely Go ahead Jen.
2: I was going to say that yeah so like Ron, what you what you just said is actually quite inspiring cuz cuz usually like how we do things is like we, first we want to first if we want to check certain policies fair or not First, we have that goal. Second, we collect data. Then we, we, we design an algorithm. Algorithm tells us results. Then we, we interpreted the, those results, right? But, but actually, you're saying that these, all these processes could be be, be, be be made autonomous, right? So, the, so for example, like it could have a very general principle, right? So we want the, the society to be fair. Okay, so then it will, it will check if the policies are fair. Then it will uh, collect data on its own and then uh, run the algorithm on its own and uh, interpret the results on its own so yeah so yeah that that I think that's a very uh, nothing exists like that right now, but I think it's uh, very bright or uh, it has it, its a very good future direction, yeah potential is
3: there. And, and Ozzy, when I said no, I don't, I'm not, I'm not denying what you're saying. I'm not rejecting what you're saying. But it sounded the way, you know, in my feeble mind, obviously I'm not educated in the computers and, you know, that, AI. Uh,
1: you don't have a feeble mind. You have a beautiful... To,
3: it seems to me that, <laughs> you know, AI, AI wouldn't necessarily need to develop its its own new Group of thoughts. It would simply eliminate the things that were not true from its willingness to accept them as true. You know what I mean? Like just say this. This goes in the dead end file because it's no. It's no longer accurate. I, I won't consider those things because it's it's a waste of time. You know, it's not necessarily going to have to you know hash things out and 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 develop a whole new uh, file. It's just going to say, Well, you know, by process of elimination, this is not true i've I've done my data checking, I've done my file checking, and I've done my fact checking, and those aren't true statements, so I'm going to ignore those. It's not ethical, it's not something that needs to be considered, so it's not going to go forward in in the development of this process and And like i said that that last paragraph was really encouraging to me to think of AI as it will eventually sift out what is, what is being fed to it as prepola.
1: Well, I do want to say real quick uh, that dad, you don't have a feeble mind. I know I already said that, but you don't have a feeble mind and you have an extremely smoochable bald head that I always smooch the top of your bald head. And I miss it. It's beautiful. It's smoochable. Okay.
2: Yeah, you have a vision.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Why, well, Dad? You have a vision, but then also the baldness of your head obstructs my vision. It reflects light. The whiteness of yeah. your scalp. No, okay.
0: I'm, I'm done I, I, fucking I, I, with you. I thought I thought you, I thought you were gonna say that. Whenever you have a vision, I can physically see that vision through your bald head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know
0: how yeah, that would
3: work, but. Out. It's a crystal ball,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, right? Yeah, that would be crazy. That would be so crazy.
3: I just posted a couple pictures,
1: by the way. <laughs> of your bald head or what? Close. <laughs> Uh-oh. I don't want to know what other bald piece of skin you posted.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, get your mind out of the gutter.
1: I didn't mean that. You get your mind out of the gutter.
0: You're the to want us <sighs> it. Alright, so here is the question for you guys. Uh, it is what efforts for socialism have been attempted and what efforts for socialism have succeeded? And right now it's generating its response. Holy cow, this is kind of a long response. It's uh, okay, uh, read but, it. Uh, I will. Give it but to I'm us. Also, I'm also gonna... It's the
1: Communist it. Manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Uh, it just, like, uh, accidentally creates this the same... Uh, the, Karl Marx and Frederick Engels' writing. All
0: right, here we right. go. So I'm gonna go ahead and read it out for you guys. Socialism is the is a political and economic system that seeks to distribute wealth and resources more equally among the members of a society. Many different forms of socialism have been attempted and implemented in various countries around the world, with varying degrees of success. Ah, this so success. Success. It's
1: trying to talk shit. That was a shit talk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One of the earliest and most well-known attempts at socialism was the Paris Commune of 1871, a brief period in which citizens of Paris established a self-governing socialist society after the defeat of the French army in the Franco-Prussian War. The Commune lasted for only 72 days before it was brutally suppressed by the French government, but it remains a powerful (laughs) But it remains a powerful symbol of socialist resistance. In the 20th century, socialism became a major force in global politics, with various countries attempting to implement socialist economic policies. Some of the most prominent examples include the Soviet Union, which adopted a form of socialism known as Marxism-Leninism, and existed from 1922 to 1991. And China, which has uh, which adopted its own form of socialism known as Maoism, and still exists today. Other notable attempts at socialism include Cuba, Vietnam, and Venezuela. While some of these attempts at socialism have led to significant improvements in areas such as healthcare, education, and social equality, they they have also been criticized for their authoritarian tendencies lack of individual freedoms, and economic inefficiencies. <laughs> Additionally, many of these attempts at socialism have been marred by corruption, human right abuses, and other forms of oppression. Overall, the, ex- the success of socialism as a political and economic system is a subject much of much debate, and the effectiveness of socialism in different contexts depend on a wide range of factors, including historical culture, uh, cultural and economic circumstances. So, thoughts? Did
3: that answer the question, though?
1: Not not too much. I mean, it sort of gave a broad, to me it gave a broad, like, short, extremely condensed history, but then it just threw in, like, but capitalism
4: is still fighting. Here's a little bit of history, but Vuvuzuela. That's what it just did to
1: us. (laughs) Um,
3: (laughs) A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I would like to just interject in there. uh, Ozzy was reading and mentioned a few countries, and uh, Vietnam was one that came up. Um, Akis, Victorios Gabrieldes, your uncle, my college buddy, uh, lived in Vietnam. For a couple of years, through the through the big crisis, the illness thing, and uh,
1: COVID, he
3: said, he said that his experience. He said his experiences. Well, you don't want to get canceled by saying shit, Evan.
1: <laughs> by saying COVID, <laughs> the <laughs> word <laughs> COVID.
3: Yeah, that kind of stuff. Anyway, he said he lived there during that experience, and he found that. The uh, socialist nation of Vietnam was the most well-organized and functional of all of the socialist, communist type of governments that he had ever lived in or through or around. And uh, I've talked to Jared about it a few times, and and Vietnam is a prime example that if anybody wants to, you know, study it out, they are the most... uh, democratic socialist country I think on the planet in my opinion based on what AUKUS had shared and i trust AUKUS completely
0: so i actually asked the question uh, the the ai a more uh, a more concentrated Specific? question yeah and i told them what successes has socialism had and it gave me four uh, points and i'm gonna i'm also gonna read them out real quick because i'm I'm surprised he even came up with a one just because um uh, i just <laughs> for some reason this no, ai think... has a capitalist bias no well i mean wow. uh, it's going
1: it's been developed under capitalism it's gonna have a capitalist bias but at the same time if it's being fed legitimate history then it's going to see that socialist movements are a powerful progressive force in history
0: yeah so socialism has achieved several successes in different countries and, and contexts throughout history particularly in areas related to social wef- welfare public health education and workers rights here are a few examples universal health care in many countries with socialist policies such as the uk canada and cuba Citizens have access to free or low-cost health care which has resulted in better health outcomes and longer life expectancies. Additionally, these health care systems are often funded through taxes which reduces the financial burden on individuals and families. Education. Many socialist countries have invested heavily in education providing free or low-cost access to high-quality schooling from elementary through university level. This has led to higher literacy rates, better educated citizens, and more skilled workforce, which can contribute to economic growth and development. Workers' rights. Socialist policies have also prioritized workers' rights, such as minimum wage laws, workplace safety regulations, and collective bargaining rights. These policies have helped to protect workers from exploitation, Ensure fair compensation for their labor and provide them with a voice in the workplace. And then the last one is social safety nets. Socialism has also led to the development of social safety nets, such as unemployment benefits, food assistance programs, and public housing, which provide a safety net for those who are struggling financially. These programs have helped to reduce poverty and inequality and provide a basic standard of living for those in need so those were the the successes that it was able to
3: the term social safety net is uh widely used in the US Congress they they refer to the welfare program as social safety net's trying to you know soften the impact of being said your own welfare uh it it does do uh it it does catch some of the people in the most uh, undesirable situations, you know, food and uh, uh, assistance programs to help with uh, medical needs and things like that. Uh, but the, just the term "social safety net" is is something that Evan would say is, is the, the capitalist input. At least they didn't use the word welfare, you know, to make, make it derogatory.
1: Well, it's derogatory. It's derogatory to the, to to some people, but I would say that you you were making me think of that one thing that I said to you that I think really hit home and helped you to to move left a bit, or at least to understand what Jared and I meant by socialism as we were exp- trying to explain to you, um, which was the social safety net. Like a safety net is after the harness. After all of the all of the systems have failed and you're falling down, plummeting down to your death, and there's a net to catch you, right? And yeah, Jared, uh, what Jared and I are specifically, I remember saying to you, Dad, was socialism is about putting a floor. Uh, we have a floor where nobody is, nobody is relegated to the basement anymore. Nobody is. In the dungeon. Nobody's outside on their own. Everybody has a house. You have a house. There's a floor in your house. You're not allowed to be underneath the floor struggling to survive. There is a floor in socialism. And in capitalism, there isn't. In capitalism, as they like to say, they made this up themselves, there is a net. They'll try to catch you with their net that has massive holes while you're plummeting to your death. And that doesn't fucking work. There's a floor. We're building a f- solid floor, a foundation. There's a foundation, there's a floor. You can't go beneath that.
3: but um, I don't remember that specific conversation, I mean in in that detail. I do remember uh, coming to realizations that it's terminology. It, it, you know the the reason why I was pushing and pushing and pushing to get the glossary up you know, where people can see it, is that, that it, it is terms. It's simply where people get hung up on words and what, what's being said. Like you pointed out that, you know, Ozzy was doing AI speak, and, you know, me and my uh, technical myopia uh, wasn't getting exactly what he was saying, even though we both were agreeing, basically. Uh, it was just hung up on the terminology. And I know that having talks with you and Jared have definitely, you know, opened uh, my understanding of what is being said as opposed to what is interpreted. And uh, yeah, I I do have I do have uh, stigmas with certain things and and language words definitely are, you know, I'll get up somebody's butt crack and and try to make them explain what it is exactly they mean by using a certain word.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, again, again, to go back to, you know, we need that glossary. You know, one, one critic on our YouTube said exactly that we need a dictionary. And I think that, you know, they're, they were insulting us saying that we don't know what we're talking about. We don't understand the definitions, but you know, I would say that person is whacked because we know exactly what we're talking about. We just have mm-hmm. a hard time expressing it. Jen,
2: mm-hmm.
3: what were you going to say?
2: Uh, I was going to say that, like, Ozzy, like, can you, uh, like, I was suggesting another question to ask, like, because Ozzy was asking what efforts for socialism has uh, has been attempted and what efforts for socialism uh, have, have succeeded maybe you can ask again what efforts for capitalism have been attempted and what efforts capitalism have succeeded I uh, continue continue wrong. yeah
1: oh well that da- uh i was going to jump in and say uh dad oh shit i'm already that's how short my memory is dad the last thing you were saying if you could remind me please huh i don't
3: yeah. smoke vernacular terms terminology
1: oh uh, yeah that's what i was agreed. gonna say you I, when i had when i saw that that comment by a random youtube uh account that said something about i like the idea but yeah the execution was shit and then they were like you guys need a you guys need like some sort of glossary of terms and then i was like thinking did that make another account just to <laughs> no. Reiterate yeah. quite... his <laughs> point. I didn't think it actually was that, but I thought that that would be so funny if if you wouldn't it? <laughs> you like yeah, you like mean. making bot accounts and being like please please put up the glossary of terms.
3: I, I can be brutal, but I'm not that mean. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <sighs>
2: That's
3: funny, too.
1: especially yeah, that funny. where you replied. Yeah. <laughs> you replied to it, uh, Jen Jen. Yeah. Sorry.
2: I was going to say, yeah, Ron, I, I agree. I agree with you now. Like the the glossaries, they are important. Yeah, we need to de- like like how we define things. That's also why we we, we, we like we, we keep like what is socialism to us as our first episode, right?
1: Read it, brother. You're a good you're a good um, host, Ozzy. I think you're you're the go-to <laughs> guy.
0: Uh, appreciate it. Um, so this is what it said for capitalism. Capitalism is an economic system that is based on private ownership of the means of production and the creation of goods and services for profit. It has been implemented in various forms in many different countries around the world. Here are a few examples. The United States. The United States has a long history of capitalism, dating back to its founding in the 18th century. Damn, we old. The country has a market-based economy with a mixture of government regulation and private enterprise. The U.S. has been successful in developing a large and diverse economy with a high standard of living for many of its citizens, but there are also concerns about inequality, environmental uh, degradation, and other negative consequences of capitalism. Western Europe. Many countries in Western Europe, such as Germany, France, and the U.K., have mixed economies that combine elements of capitalism and socialism. These countries have implemented policies such as universal health care, public education, and strong labor protections while also maintaining market-based economies with private ownership of businesses. These countries have generally been successful in creating high standards of living for their citizens with strong social welfare systems and relatively low levels of poverty. China China is an interesting case of capitalism because it is officially a communist country but it has implemented many capitalist policies in recent decades. Since the 1980s, China has undergone significant economic reforms, allowing for greater private ownership of businesses and encouraging foreign investment. As a result, China has become a major economic power with a rapidly growing middle class and significant global influence. And then at the bottom, it has a disclaimer. It is important to note that the effectiveness of capitalism depends on many factors, including the specific policies implemented, the political and economic context, and the extent of implementation. There are also valid criticisms of capitalism, such as concerns about inequality, environmental degradation, and the concentration of wealth and power in the hands of few individuals and corporations, which must be taken into account when when evaluating its successes and failures
1: well i'll just say immediately immediately market socialism is a thing so that was conflating markets with capitalism but you can have market socialism i I was just i had to with i had to restrain myself because it it was saying something (laughs) about it was like western europe of capitalism and i was i was going to be like yeah western europe is america's bitch that's why they're (laughs) doing the
2: capitalist shit
3: Also, you should bear in mind that the countries that were the most successful uh, were combining, uh, like the UK and uh, so forth, were, were
1: combining China capitalism
3: France. with socialism.
1: Yep. Yeah. You know, and in, the next, in, the
3: next, in the next sentence, it says these countries have implemented policies such as universal health care, public education, and strong labor protection. While also maintaining key market based economies right. with private ownership blah, 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 private ownership. Yeah. But I'm talking right. I'm talking this is what this is what Marxism is about. That's what Karl Marx talked about. There has to be a marriage between the two. There has to be an economy to keep the socialist programs running.
1: There has so, to be a development you know, past capitalism capitalism that is is um establishing workers as the dominant force in society yeah yeah i
3: yeah. Yeah. i'm not i'm not disagreeing with that well, no i'm, I'm not disagreeing with you either there there is got to be a like the like the uh double helix they kind of have to go together and and be bridged yes. because because you, you got to have a way to fund it you got to have a sorry that yeah care of the people. so
1: yeah socialism and it's, i'm sorry but Socialism is a development of cap it's beyond, it's moving past the the hangups of capitalism. and that's why I was taking umbrage with what it was saying because it was saying, well markets are capitalist, but we can have socialist markets. And it was saying that some of these things were uh some of these things are socialist but it doesn't necessarily have to be. And that's why we still have these extremely, these extremely capitalist societies that are claiming a little bit of socialism, probably just to try to fly under the radar to act like, Oh yeah, we're, we're a little, we're social we're we're not completely fucking our people over. We're a little socialist, (laughs) (laughs) but it's not, that's not what it is. They're complete because the fact that the, 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 um, there is private ownership of the means of production means that this shit is fucked up, but I will pass the mic because I know I always rant. So
0: no worries. I, I want to ask Jared something. Hey, yo, Jared, can you, can you, can you reread the part where what, what is China? It's officially a what?
1: Yeah. Shut the fuck up. It
4: Aussie. says right here that it's, uh, yeah. it's officially a communist country, bro.
0: Thank you, thank you, <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> All right, enough yeah. of that. Ozzy, don't you know? Don't was... you know
4: that the that the Chinese is, and, and Soviets is, hated uh, each other?
3: What is the what is the
2: Chinese version of that?
4: What's the Chinese version of the of the national anthem of the Soviet Union? It would be yeah. the Soviet no, no, Union. No, no, anthem. no, no,
1: no, no, no. no. He asked what the Chinese don't because me. Yeah. Go ahead, Dad, sorry.
3: Don't be a dick, Jared. I'm, I'm asking you a legitimate question. What is what is the Chinese version of the national anthem? Dad's that
1: Dad tradition. is right. He's saying you should have played the fucking Chinese national anthem. <laughs> That's what he's saying.
0: <laughs>
4: Uh, and it's true, But it was on
3: cue. It was on cue, so thank you. It yeah, was perfect. Thank you,
0: no way. Finally. I just... <laughs> uh, dude, I just I, I I was holding that one in. Yeah. <laughs> like a <laughs> fart. Yeah. Now, yeah.
3: Now justice Justice says that you need to you need to queue up also the the Chinese national anthem just in case.
0: Right. For not for not right experience. now.
1: Not right now, but.
2: If no one else wants to ask questions, I can ask another.
1: Well, I would say you go first, and then maybe Jared and I will have a couple at the end. I
4: don't have any questions for this goddamn dirty <laughs> dangin' g- gosh darnin' that dirt, dirty dangin' Robert.
3: <laughs> Keep your hands off of me, you dirty AI. Yeah,
4: there you
1: go. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. I, so I wanted it. to ask this question. Like, what I, it it reminds. I suddenly like I, like it reminds me of him, like Che. che what? I don't know how to say it. Che, che Guevara. Che Guevara. Yeah, Guevara. Yeah, yeah.
4: Dude, he's okay. he's oh. one of the greatest socialist revolutionaries of all time, dude. Yeah.
2: My
1: boy Che. Jared, don't you know that Che Guevara was bad though, for no. real? According no. to the capitalists. Of course, yeah because he was effective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Do you, you know, know what his last words were, dude? Ouch. He said he no, well something he said he was like, well, kill me, kill uh kill me you piece of shit or something said, like
4: that. He said he said he said kill me coward for i am just a man. That's what yep. he said.
2: Wow.
4: Yep. Yep. To the dude who was fucking. had him on his knees about to fucking shoot him in the CIA,
1: face. CIA yep. CIA asshole.
3: And right after that, he said, "Ouch."
1: <laughs> <laughs> he would have if he could have, if he could have spoken.
0: Yeah, he would have been like, okay, he would have been like, "Ouch!" You shoot like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay.
4: He, he, so, he was, he's a G for real. That's oh, so. Uh,
1: Jen yeah. yeah, your question about Che Guevara or whatever whatever spawned all of that.
2: Yeah. yeah my question was what do you think of uh, him shagabara all right
0: i'm uh oh, i no. asked it and I'm don't give it
1: that broad of a question it's gonna give
0: us some horse shit no, uh, no, no 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 we gotta we gotta no, do it no. that's what she wants
4: to ask it that's so what that's,
0: we gotta ask all right here comes the response we got, right, we got, we got horse a response, got piles. A response. Piles. piles are you guys ready yeah yeah all right, so here comes the bullshit part. As an AI language model, I do not have personal opinions or beliefs. I am designed <laughs> to provide objective and informative responses to your questions.
1: You're doing like a Barack Obama voice.
0: Huh? <laughs> my, my fellow Americans, Terry Guevara was a Marxist revolutionary.
3: <laughs> That's actually but pretty good.
0: Yeah, it and is. A poli- and a political leader who who played a prominent role in the Cuban Revolution of the 1950s and 1960s. He is widely regarded as a symbol of leftist rebellion and, and has become a popular icon in popular culture. While Guevara is a controversial figure with both supporters and detractors, there is no denying that he played an important role in the history of Latin America. Let's go! And, uh, and, and the global struggle for social justice. Guevara's commitment to re- uh, revolutionary principles and his willingness to take up arms against oppressive regimes. He means white people. Um, <laughs> I'm just messing. I'm just messing. Uh, it, it's, just, it's, it's, just, it's just, you know, it's the Mexican, you know, have inspired many people around the world, particularly those who have been marginalized and oppressed. At the same time... By white people. Guevara- <laughs> <laughs> At the the same time, Guevara's legacy has been criticized by some of his support for violent means to achieve political change and for his involvement in the executions of political opponents during the Cuban Revolution. These criticisms reflect ongoing debates about the ethics of political violence and the use of force to achieve social change. Well, it's a good thing we don't believe in violence. Yep. Oh, don't speak for Jared. No, just kidding. <laughs> hey, we we
1: agreed on that. The, the,
0: well, I I
1: I don't believe in violence, but I do believe in self defense. Yeah. well Sometimes you got to right. defend yourself with violence.
3: Right, right, right. Let's not let's not muddy the, the waters. History, the revisionist history about Guevara, the way that this was even formulated, kind of it's ambiguous. But the point, saying that you know. Uh, criticized for some of his support and violent means to achieve the political change or his involvement in the executions of political opponents. You have to consider that most of those political opponents were operatives of the CIA and, um, you know, they were puppets and there was probably very little alternative. You know, you you weren't going to convert them because they'd already been bought paid for. And uh, he dealt with them the way they needed to be dealt with. They got out of the way and they were just gone.
1: I would say that that's a a bit far from my taste, but I'll (laughs) let you continue, Dad.
3: Well, no, I'm just saying that is is the truth about what was said in that paragraph. You know, the execution of political opponents. It was just a matter of fact. You know, it was it was a method, and uh, the criticisms Honestly? the criticisms are ongoing, and you know, and people can can say that you know it was unethical, like you are saying, and you know, the ethics of political violence is certainly not you know something that we advocate. You know, we're we're talking about you know using language. We're talking about you know uh, supplicating people to to. Uh, change their mind and move in a in a more uh, a broader way of looking at the world as a whole and uh involving all people, not just a few, like the plutocrats who use their money and influence and power or money times influence equals power to dominate and you know using tyranny and persecution uh mm-hmm we're moving in the opposite direction. We're trying to expand people's minds and, and open them to the possibilities of, you know, uniting us as a, as a human race rather than, you know, individuals being, uh, what was it? Mark said about the, uh, bourgeoisie. He said they, they have to be destroyed. They have to be he, removed.
4: He said, uh, they'll sell us the rope that we hang
1: them with. <laughs> so well, that was, that, that was something that that was something that you had brought up before, but specifically that the bourgeoisie. I mean, I don't know the specific quote you're looking for, but you know, I'm sure any Marxist or any leftist worth their salt would say, "Well, the the bourgeoisie should no longer be allowed to maintain." a dominant position in society that we should all as as Obviously, the working class we should take up that position.
0: Yeah. Um, eventually they should become obsolete. Exactly. I uh, and so like since I'm a zoomer and I want to translate what your dad just said in zoomer zoomer terms. So for any zoomers who are listening what he basically said was that Che Guevara was 360 no scoping the political opponents like a G and that you shouldn't really uh, hate on him because that was just the times, you know? He was just, you know, hitting those 360, three, no, 60, I do no wanna... scopes, no hit markers. No, He was, no. He was hitting no. the shots. He was lit. He was fired. <laughs> you know, it, it, you just got to respect the man sometimes, you know?
1: Well, I want to jump in and say my personal opinion is that, like, it doesn't matter who or why or like what the specific situation is like we have to move forward in a progressive way and executions or uh imprisonment all this type of stuff we can move past that we don't have to use violence as a tool to uh, establish political dominance and what we should do is to like move forward in a way that doesn't require violence uh, 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 to fucking establish polit- political
0: power you know what a sweet boy you're so you're always so sweet evan oh. but at the same but at the same
1: <laughs> time obviously i do understand what that meant i think which is that you know there there's a such a thing called war and uh, there's such a thing called class war and so you don't just like let the fascists or the bourgeoisie walk all over us we have to defend ourselves and we absolutely. have to fight for a better a better world so
0: yeah absolutely yeah. Like, we can't we can't let them walk on us at all no way buddy boy no way <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh Ozzy woke he drank some coffee. He like woke up uh, yeah, or something. He
4: he just got electrocuted by the by the, the soundboard. It brought him back to life, dude. It, it,
0: it absolutely did. It, it, it's just cause uh <laughs> I was uh I was remembering like I was you know how you guys mentioned like I should have been uh it should have been the China theme and all that. Or uh, the Chinese National anthem instead of like the he thought, said, What I the thought... fuck I'm
1: <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? I've been asleep this whole time. I didn't even
0: Oh, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, for and in all honesty, like if there was if if we had any Chinese listeners, obviously, um, for Gen, Gen it, it should have been like obviously the the part we should have been playing during that time when we mentioned China was. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's the Chinese national anthem, Aussie. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i've got a question for the bot oh
0: yeah absolutely
1: yes can you say can you give me a history of the industrial workers of the world from their establishment through the their political persecution by the government up to their um decline
0: it says it says
1: you're not allowed to ask me about the industrial (laughs) workers of the world
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> certainly. It said certainly I can provide that. It's it's gonna provide me with a brief history of the industrial workers of the world. Well goddamn Evan, it's already two pages long. Like what are you asking? Well uh, read the whole fucking thing. This is the <laughs> no, end of the no. podcast. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just, I'm just asking you. <laughs>
1: I wish it was two pages long. Uh
0: it's 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 kind of lengthy. Uh, I would say it's kinda it. lengthy. Read yeah, it. I gotcha. I got you. I, got you I love you. Also.
1: Long now ago. we all chant IWW. IWW, I-W-W. okay,
0: <laughs> just me. Yeah, just you. So, Bill, certainly, I can provide you with a brief history of the Industrial Workers of the World, I-W-W, including their establishment, political persecution by the government, and decline. The Industrial Workers of the World, also known as the I-W-W, or the Wobblies, Wobble Wobble, was a labor union founded in Chicago in 1905. The IWW was created to unite workers of all trades and backgrounds into one big union, with the ultimate goal of overthrowing capitalism and establishing a cooperative society. The IWW was notable for its radical tactics such as strikes, boycotts, and sabotage, and its commitment to direct action, rather than relying on the political process. The union was also known for its inclusivity, welcoming women, people of color, and immigrants into its ranks at a time when many other unions were exclusive. In the early years of the IWW, the union experienced some success in organizing workers, particularly in the western United States. Hell yeah, West Coast, Best Coast. However, the union faced intense opposition from both government and corporate forces, who saw the IWW as a threat to, to the established order. During World War I, the IWW opposition's, uh, opposition to the war effort and its calls for workers to resist the draft led to an increased government persecution. In 1917, the federal government passed the Espionage Act, which made it a crime to speak out against the war effort or to obstruct the draft. The IWW was one of the primary targets of this law, and many IWW leaders were arrested and imprisoned for their opposition to the war. Wow, sounds like tyranny to me, and guess what? The Second Amendment didn't do shit. All right. <laughs> after, after World War I, the IWW's membership declined in part due to the government's persecution and in part due to the changing economic conditions. The Great Depression... And the rise of the more conservative American Federation of Labor AFL also contributed to the decline of the i w w today the i w w still exists as a small radical labor union, but it no longer wields the same influence it did during the during its heyday in the early in the early twentieth century however, the i w w s legacy lives on particularly in the commitment to inclusivity and direct action tactics, which continue to inspire activists and labor organizers today.
1: Yay! So, yeah.
3: w I-W-W. I-W-W. <laughs> Wobbles! Wobbles!
1: <laughs> yeah, weebles wobble, but they don't fall down, you know what I'm saying, bro? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I get it. Um, oh, dude, did
3: anybody good. notice did anybody notice I posted a week or so ago um, uh, something about a guy named uh, Smedley? He was a Smedley Marine Butler. Corps general. Yeah, yeah. That, did, you, did you read that?
1: I mean, I know about him. Okay. I think I well, read it.
3: it it's <laughs> quite profound, and, and I'm amazed that they didn't assassinate him. You know, he was... Uh, multi, multi time decorated war hero, you know, Congressional Medal of Honor, all that stuff. And as soon as he got out of the Marine Corps, he turned and said, War is a racket. And really, I think he was the catalyst for, uh, Dwight Eisenhower when he left office talking about the military industrial complex because this guy, uh, what was it? What was
1: his name again, Evan? Smedley Butler. But I do want to jump in Butler. and say and say that Smedley Butler actually was approached by fascists. It was called it was called the business plot. The business leaders approached him and said, "Hey, you've got a really good name. These Marines will follow you. These soldiers will follow you. Let's do a fascist coup uh, against Indeed. Eisenhower uh, against Roosevelt." and he and did he decline said, but he declined he didn't he didn't initially bring it to the authorities he he declined once it was outed <clears throat> like by someone else then he then he said then he went to the feds and said to to the roosevelt administration hey these fascist business owners wanted me to lead a fascist coup against the roosevelt social democratic regime or whatever but I do think. I mean, yes, he did that. That quote is a good quote. You know, he said, "War is a racket." He said, "I fought. I I fought for capitalism in Latin America. I I led American men to defeat. You know, democracy and to establish imperialism in the in Latin America." But I I just question his loyalty, kind of, because he was. It doesn't seem like he was ever loyal to democracy it seems like he was just kind of doing his thing and when it was
3: being a a soldier being a soldier you don't you don't really justify what what you're doing other than it's for my country you know it's what my country needs me to do kind of stuff but he turned his back on all of that you know when he got out and it dawned on him just how shitty this whole thing is You know, and he wrote the book War is a Racket and he pissed a lot of people off. But I was thinking, you know, he would have been I think he would have been a a good uh, solid leader in, in the IWW.
1: But dad, you do all of that. Like, this is the thing you do. You do all of that that you 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 come home and you say war is a racket i was the gangster of capitalism how is how is that uh how could he go i am oh yeah i'm switching over to socialism he did all of it it's not like he was blind the whole time he comes home and he says it i was a gangster of capitalism i enforced imperialism
3: you, you have to realize, too, Evan, that, that when you go into the military, there is an indoctrination process. They actually call it indoctrination. Yep.
1: Yeah, they I understand. Indoctr-
3: and you, you're, not really, you're not really taught to think about your enemy in any way other than they need to be dealt with, you know, in, the, in any means, any uh, circumstance, they need to be dealt with. Dehumanizing all of that stuff, and God bless America, rah rah, sis from sea to shining sea, patriotism, patriotism, and when you're in the Marine Corps, it's intensified. They go through 11 weeks, where most other military, like the Air Force, goes like three weeks, the Navy goes four weeks, and the Army goes eight weeks. But it, that boot camp. They even call they even call the graduation portion of it the crucible. And what what does the crucible do? It melts oh, Dad, down Dad, raw material and, and forces it into a
1: metal. Dad, I know and, and, and I'm saying that you can't trust you cannot trust a self purported a self reported gangster of capitalism to be Uh, uh, a general in the army in the red army or something you know i'm saying you can't trust smedley butler he reluctantly ratted on the business plot he didn't say he got the letter from the fascists he didn't report it immediately i mean he did i'm not saying he's wrong i'm not saying he he was 100 wrong he did he did rat on the capitalists uh, but at the same time, you can't trust him to be. Uh, I'm, I'm not yeah.
3: saying I'm not saying you should bow and scrape and kiss his feet. I'm not saying I know. That he's
1: I'm just saying you know, he's I'm not, not saying as he's good legendary, as
3: legendary. I'm not saying that he's, you know, a legendary, honest man. But I'm saying he did confess. He did admit to it and he did yeah. expose it. And yeah. and that's and what that's I'm better than about, nothing. That he, actually, that he actually pointed it out. Yeah. And that's better than nothing. But in the same
1: in the same sense, because you you linked him with Eisenhower. Fucking Eisenhower. Right. What did Eisenhower do? Eisenhower was a general who led American soldiers against communists and socialists that were their ally, the Americans allies like. He and then he was the president and he led he sent American soldiers to fight against communists and socialists. Like he's not, uh, no, he's not. Truman. Both, Truman, of, them, Truman
3: both was, of them. did. Truman was, Truman was Truman was the POTUS at the time that Eisenhower was the supreme Allied commander.
1: Right, but and, then even uh, after, did Eisenhower say no more, no more fighting against the communists and socialists? No, he eventually, why.
3: eventually he did. Eventually, he, he well, said when it was know, too late. Warren maybe. Was, well, when he was president of the United States, he tried to say, we can't do this. This is not being being a colonial power isn't what America is about. Like he, you know, you, you got to look it up. But the, the point was that I, I was simply saying that, you know, we, we do owe it to ourselves to read our history.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. And Smedley, well,
3: General Smedley, pointed out a few things that I think are. Important. Yes. That's all I'm
1: saying. That I, yeah, and I don't disagree with you at all in the in in bringing up Smedley Butler and Eisenhower in their the progressive things they did have to say. You know, I'm fully there with you, but I'm just trying to point out that both Smedley Butler and Eisenhower and Truman, like Truman, might have said socialism is a scare word that the right brings up to to try to demolish progress like he said something along those lines but guess what he also oversaw mccarthyism he didn't he didn't crush the right-wing reactionary uh fucking witch hunt against leftists in the us he allowed that no. shit to happen
3: but but yeah. he did truman did point out that the CIA had already gone rogue by
1: 1945. Yeah, the CIA... Yeah, the CIA was... Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, all of that shit... The CIA was definitely out of control. Like, from probably from the beginning. Before it was even called the CIA, it was uh,
3: out of control. Yeah. It's called what was it called the OSS or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, boys, I think we gotta we yeah, gotta, we gotta, go gotta ahead wrap, wrap this, up. this up. Yeah. So. Yeah.
3: Any, Sorry. Any uh,
0: any uh any farewell messages? Any closing uh what, what's the statements? No, nah, we're good. Yeah. Get off my tablet. I love you all, Jen. Have a good day, everybody. Have a good, good night. night. Yeah.
3: Good night. Good night. Good
0: night. All right, good night
2: you. Mm-hmm.